Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. Somebody clap your hands. We're happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Stand to your feet. Let's worship and praise the mighty name of Jesus.
Somebody just lift up his name. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You're such a mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up the name of the Lord this morning as we continue to praise him. Father God, as we come before your presence one more time, Lord God, we thank you for being so good to us, Lord God. We give you all the glory this morning. We give you all the honor this morning. You are a mighty God. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the King Eternal. You are immortal. You are the invisible God. We worship you. We magnify your name. Oh God, we call upon your name this morning because you are worthy to be praised. Oh God, we ask your will to be done in the service this morning. Continue to bless us, oh God. Continue to move upon us individually and collectively, Lord God. We give you all the glory this morning and all the honor because you are great and you are mighty as we worship you, Lord God. We ask you to touch every person that is in this place this morning. Oh God, let your will be done and your kingdom come. We worship you and praise you. Have your way this morning as we continue to worship the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise your name this morning. Thank you, Jesus.
He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, praise and worship team. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few minutes. 
We just want to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. So glad to have everyone tune in with us this morning. Those that are in the congregation, we welcome you. We thank you for being here this morning. Our online congregation, we greet you. We welcome you this morning. Praise God. And I pray that God is doing something great in your midst and where you are, what you're doing uh, this time that we're living in, that God is doing something great in your life. I know he's doing something great in my life. You know, I've, uh, he has opened many doors for me, and I'm so honored to be a part of his great, happy family. You know, God is truly an awesome God. He's a provider. He, 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 you know, I, I often talk about he gives us more than we can even imagine or think. And that's the true statement because I've proven him so many times to be uh, my provider, my keeper, the one that opened up doors for me that no man can shut. Because the songwriter says, what God has for me is for me. And I'm so glad that I'm serving a mighty God, a great God. That is uh, is so great. Amen. Amen. So we greet you all this morning. We thank you for being here this morning. Praise and worship the Lord with, with us this morning. Praise God. Just a quick few reminders. Um, this week is our, our, our family and friends picnic this week. In fact, um, Saturday, um, we want you to invite your family and friends out to our picnic. The address is there at the Veterans Park right here. Not too far from here. It's about seven minutes approximately from here. So invite your uh, family and friends out. And uh, remember, if you have not seen Sister Aisha or Sister Sylvia with your dish or whatever you're going to be bringing, make sure you see them after service and let them know what you're going to help to contribute towards um, uh, our picnic. And Sunday also is our friends and family. So we want you to invite your friends out and your family out. Remember, we have two services, a 9 a.m. service and a 10.30 service. So invite your friends and family out so that we can have a wonderful uh, time in the Lord and that we can continue to praise and magnify the name of our God. Amen. Our God is great. It's something, you know, when, when we, we can get together away from being in the services, you know. In, in fact, uh, before I get to that thought, uh, I'm hoping that our online congregation can join us both, you know, online, uh, in fact, you know, our friends and family Sunday. Amen. For those of you that can come out on Sunday, we invite you to come on out. And for those of you that can make it to the picnic, if you have your dish you want to bring, make sure you text Sister Patrice uh, so that we can get the information over to Sister Sylvia or Sister Riego. Uh, amen. So, but I mean, uh, online, you know, congregation, you know, they will text you the information, you know. But if you want to text Sister Sylvia or Sister Aisha, Sister Riego, you can feel free to do so. Amen. Amen. But God is truly an awesome God. Amen. Amen. I truly love the Lord. You know, I'm here this morning. I was at the 9 a.m. service, and I'm just saying, oh, what a mighty God we serve. You know, remember to keep our pastor and his family in our prayers that God will continue to strengthen them in this time. And, you know, for those of us that are here that, you know, you know our needs and those that need prayers, you know, continue to trust in the Lord. You know, we, we do things in, and things happen in life. That sometimes, you know, we ask God, why? You know, why me? You know, but God knows everything best. Amen. And truly, I'm so honored that God has put us in the position that we're in where we can be our brothers and our sisters and our family keepers. Amen. We are here for each other. We are here where we can help each other to be strong. What the phrase said, iron short net iron, right? You, you notice when you have a knife using or a machete. 
to do, you try to find something that you can sharpen that blade to get it a little sharper. But when you're in the house of God, you know, you're here to encourage each other. You're here to let everyone know because God brought you here. You're here for this reason, to praise and to worship him because he is worthy to be praised. Feel free to make sure you know God for yourself. Because at the day, end of the day, it's what you do for Christ will last. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. Everybody say it's offering time. Don't forget this Friday also. Amen. At uh, 7 p.m. we'll be having the NAYC for our youth and for our young people that want to be a part of our um, streaming service. I think we're streaming it here. Um, so it's going to be for Friday. So come on out. Uh, be a supportive um, NAYC. We had the privilege of being there a couple of years ago in Indianapolis, and it was uh, a blessing. So be a part of it if you can. It's going to be 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. So it will be 8 p.m. Sorry about that. So it will be 8 p.m. this Friday. But you can come on out early. That's all right. We can have free prayer before service at 7 p.m. Amen. So that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to invite everyone to stand at this time. Amen. It's offering time. This is another part of a service where we get our blessing. You know, we give to the Lord a portion of what he has blessed us with. Amen. He has blessed us in a, in a financial way, and we just give a portion of our blessing uh, back to our Lord. Remember the Lord. Get the first fruit of your blessing. So if you get $100, you give the Lord $12, if you please. You know, $15. You get the first 10%. Amen. Amen. And that's the way the Lord will bless you. Remember, if you're giving online, you can go to www.myccc.faith. If you give in to PayPal, you can go at Christ Center Church. And if you give in to Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. So remember to be a blessing. And if you're in the congregation this morning, we have three ushers, one in the middle and two in the front. You can feel free. And if you want to pay electronically here, you can see Sister Patrice over to my right side, your left. Amen. Amen. Remember, we're trying to get a building. We're in the process of acquiring a building. We need $1.7 million for a building. So if you know anyone that want to be a blessing, you know, you can either feel free to come and see us. And we can tell you, oh, you can be a part of the blessing. If you want to be a secret donator, you don't want nobody to know. You want to keep it the way it is. You know, we welcome you. Amen. So bow your heads with us this morning. Father God, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for what we have already felt in this place, oh God. We ask your blessing upon the remaining portion of this service, oh God. That you will continue to keep us, guide us, cover us as we're about to receive this morning's offering. We ask your blessing upon every givers, those who have to give. Those who have not likewise, make a way so they too can be a blessing in your kingdom. Continue to bless and strengthen our pastor and his family during this time, oh God. I pray that your hands will continue to be upon him and that they will continue to preach your word, your anointed word. Oh God, let your hands be upon your family in this time. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor as we worship you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and an offering unto the Lord. Your tithe and offering unto the Lord.
Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, give the Lord praise in this house. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Jesus, we give you praise and honor. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, the presence of the Lord has hibernated in this place. Amen. We felt his presence this morning, and we continue to feel his presence even in this service here. And we thank God for his goodness. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I greet you all in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The only name that's above every name. Amen. Doesn't matter what the name is. The name of Jesus is above that name. And it's the only name that can save you. It's the only name that you're saved by. Amen. You're not saved by father. You're not saved by son. You're not saved by the Holy Ghost. But you're saved by the name of of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I wish I could take Josiah and Brother Scarlett everywhere I go. So every time I just want to hear something good, I'm just like, can you just play? Hallelujah. Just play. Hallelujah. Shauna, good morning. Saw your brown stew chicken the other day. Shauna cooked up some brown stew chicken, Jamaican style. It looked good. It was brown. It was simmering with some gravy. Yes, yes, yes. I said, go ahead, Shauna. It looked like something to me. Ethan, how did it taste? Tell the truth. Let me tell you something, Shauna. Let me tell you something, Shauna. You know the only, you know the only thing I thought about, Shauna. I said you're the best, because all I know is you didn't have to try. You're like, yo, dude, that's your kind of stuff. I don't get into all of that. You want brown stew chicken? Go to your mom's house. But you cooked some brown stew chicken. I thought that was fantastic. I said to my wife, I said, I just love when the young people get married and enjoy each other. Just enjoy yourselves. Have a good time with each other. It doesn't matter. It don't make nothing so serious. And so I just appreciated that. I was, it made my day. I'm looking at it like, yeah, it's simmering pretty good. You know, got the right color. You know what I'm saying? So awesome, Shauna. I, I respect that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, come on, Rosalie, and come for your birthday certificate. <laughs> yeah, this is your new birthday. This is the day when you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so here is your certificate. Hold it with both hands. I want pretty eyes to see. Take this picture. Hold it real good. Now don't mess with the picture. I want take the mask down so pretty eyes can see you taking a picture with your pastor. Remember I told Okay. No, you can't hide. No, don't, no, don't take the picture till we get it. You, you got it? Yeah, there you go. All right. I want pretty eyes to see this. Pretty eyes. <laughs> All right, all right, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, all right. We good? All right, just show it to pretty eyes. Tell them, come see me. Amen. She 
was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And then she got baptized in Jesus' name. That is what is required for us to be born again. Amen. And so it is a wonderful thing. Amen. We have some guests with us this morning, and we are always so just glad when we have guests with us. And so, Julie, where's Julie? Julie, I know I saw you come in. Amen, Julie. Nice to have you. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. It's so wonderful for you to be with us this morning. And we know that you arrived here by the orchestration. Is that a word? It's a word now. The orchestration of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he just kind of used Sister Hadia, but, you know, he really wanted you to be with us this morning. And so it's the work and the hand of God. We're so glad you're here. If there's anything at all we can ever do to help you in your walk with Christ, please don't hesitate to ask. We're here for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And Samuel, Samuel, amen. Samuel, you're looking pretty sharp. Oh, yeah. You look pretty good. Handsome and everything like that. Yeah, Samuel. Yeah. Nice to have you. Samuel found us on the internet. We welcome you, Samuel. Amen. Welcome to Christ Center Church. Sure you felt the love already. Amen. And if you don't have a church home, same same thing for Julie. Don't have a church home. We all need a church home. This is not my sermon, but listen to this. None of us had a choice when we were born what family we were born into. But we were born into a family. So Julie, Samuel, we were born into a family, right? And so if you need an earthly family, you need a heavenly family. So if you don't have one, you don't need to look any further. It must be where the Lord wants you to be. That's why you're here this morning. Anything we can do, God bless you. Hallelujah. Make sure you love up Samuel, love up Julie, and let them know how much we are grateful that they're here this morning and that the Lord brought them to be with us, and we are so grateful for that. Don't forget, this Saturday coming up is our annual, somebody say annual, our annual picnic. We want you to come. My son, my youngest son, Jordan, told my grandmom something this morning. I just want to beat him in the head for telling my grandmom that stuff. He told my grandmom, he said, Grandmom, I want you to be like me. At the picnic. Now, remember, this is his great-grandma, not grandma, great-grandma. He said, um, Grandma, I want you to be like me at the picnic. So I said, Jordan, what do you mean by you want grandma to be, at, be like you at the picnic? Play sports, run around, just be busy. <laughs> like, dude, leave my grandma alone. Talking about she need to be playing sports and run around like him and do a lot of stuff. Boy, she did that a long time ago. Boy, you was even thought of. So leave my grandma alone. Amen. But come out and be with us this Saturday. Picnic start at 12 noon. We're going to have some good food for you. Oh, T-shirts. That's right. T-shirts. Um, make sure you come and get your T-shirt. Did, did you all get the T-shirts in yet? When are the T-shirts coming in? All right. If, if For the folks that are in Florida, New York, and all over the country, if they can't get theirs, remember, we need to make sure we um, mail their, their shirts out to them. So we, we got to mail them out. We're not driving it out. We're mailing it out. I'm driving out and flying out when they want to get baptized, but the T-shirts I mail out. So make sure you mail their shirts out to them, make sure they get it, amen. But if, you know, we'll, we'll prefer they come and get it in person, but if not, we can mail it out. But um, get your T-shirts, amen, and um, uh, if you're going to bring a side dish, see Sister Riego, 
Sister Sylvia, amen, they're taking care of it. Um, I think, um, Brother Sam, you, you're able to do the cooking too? Oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My bad. My bad. This is Sammy as well. So, you know, Samuel, Samuel, meet Samuel. They just want to just meet each other. Oh, Lord. My bad, dear. My bad, dear. Samuel, meet Samuel. <laughs> so, you're you going to be able to cook? You're going to be able to do your thing? You. you. I don't know if he can cook. I just met him. I know you can cook. So, so, so I, I told Brother Tom and Brother D, the three, between the three of you, you should be able to, you know, uh, make sure it's all grilled up real good. You know, make sure things are good on the grill. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ethan not ready yet, so don't worry about him. But, 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 you know, you, you and Brother D and Tom can work it out and grill some stuff up. But, but they'll grill up some good food for you, and there's going to be some fantastic games planned. Right, Sister Riego? Uh-huh. So we'll have great games planned for you, good food, and the fellowship will be extraordinary. So we want you to come and be at our annual picnic. And then join us the following day, the Sunday, for our friends and family day. Amen. You can invite people to come in person and join us, or they can join us virtually, just like they're doing today. Many are doing that today. Here's what I want to do, want for you to do as I get right into the Word of God. Can you share the live stream feed right now? Because I believe today's message is going to help a lot of people. And so, Nicola, please live stream my sister Nadine, um, feed her the center the feed, whatever. But anybody you know, that just send them the feed. Because here's what God will do for them today. He's going to heal them. He's going to deliver them. He is going to make them whole. And he's going to give them strength. And so, we want you to send out the link to anybody you believe that needs to be healed, to be made whole to receive strength, to be delivered, all of that stuff, I want you to send the live feed out to them now so they can chime in and so they're able to experience what God wants to do in their life. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So let's stand and get into the reading of the Word of God. Again, it's good to see all of you. We welcome you to Christ-centered church. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Verse number 20, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 20. Amen. Hallelujah. Did I have anything else to say? AV, is there anything else I need to mention? Friday, come out. If you, It doesn't matter if you're um, youth or not. If you consider yourself young, just come on out 7 o'clock Friday um, so you can see our live feed um, for our Youth Congress. Um, this year, Youth Congress services... Um, Virtual, and for those of you that know about Youth Congress, um, it's a biannual um, 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 convention that we have, and it's usually between 35 and 40,000 young people in an arena just worshiping the Lord and praising God. And because of obviously times we're living in, we um, decided to do it virtually as an organization, but. Um, Children will be gathered together, or young people, or youth, will be gathered together all around the country, around the world, um, this Friday for the live stream. And trust me, our young people, they put on some top-notch stuff. Samuel, um, new Samuel, um, <laughs> I want you to really, really, if you are local, consider being a part of this church. 
I tell you, I want to see our young people get involved because here's the story, young people. Can I tell you a secret? I don't mean it. Well, if I hurt your feelings after the sermon, you'll be fine. But here's what I'm going to say. Young people, God wants to use you to carry the torch and to do great things for him. The old people getting tired on me. They, 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 they don't have the energy. I mean, it's a normal process in life. So it's not, I'm not giving them a hard time. But, but the, the older folk, they can't do what they used to do energy-wise and, and availability-wise. They just can't get around and, you know, um, even technology, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, um, Sister Patrice, Pastor um, um, Janet Campbell this morning, she said she recorded the, um, the message this morning on her phone, and I didn't even want to tell her. You know, so I tell you what, we got to reach out, Brother Kellerman, after the end of this service, Brother Kellerman, please somehow help her, you know, link to today's live feed or if you can do it right now, because she was just worrying about she recorded the sermon while she sat in the service. And of course, we know the best recorded version is going to be online. And so we need to be able to get it to her. But bottom line is, young people, you all have so much to offer and, you know, the, 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 the folks that are getting older don't have the energy and the strength to do what you can do. So you need to do while you can. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, serve the Lord while you're young. Because the, the word of God, God knows that when you get a little older, you just won't have the energy and the strength to do what you uh, think in your mind to do. There are people that are older that want to do things for God, but they just don't have the energy and the strength to do it. So young people, I need you. I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you. I need the young people to start getting some things done in the church. Amen. Yesterday we had outreach and, you know, we needed participation. We, we needed young people to get involved. We need to know that when just young people is getting it done, whether we are present, whether we want to show up or not, young people, you need to be getting it done. I trust you. I trust you. I want you to know I trust you. And one, one side, if you need help, I'm going to help you. Some of our leaders here, we will help you. We'll train you the right way and let you run with it. I'm not going to be breathing down your neck talking about, you know, um, you know, he need to be doing this this way and doing that that way. Yeah, I need to be holy and righteous. I'm not going to overlook that. But I, I will trust you when you're trying to get something done. Because in this day and age, if we make a mistake, we just make a mistake. We correct it and move forward. All right. Time for the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 20. Moses speaking here, or Moses writing, if you will. Here we go. But the Lord had taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. Moses making clear to the children of Israel that when God brought them out of slavery, when God brought us, brought them out of sin, he was bringing them out for them to be an inheritance to the Lord. Church, make no mistake about it. When God saved you, he is saving you on his terms, not on your terms. Oftentimes, we want to be saved but we want to be saved on our terms. You are not the Savior, and I am not the Savior. 
the Savior decide what terms he wants to save you on. If you don't think you need saving, then you don't have to listen to the Savior. But if you think you need saving, then you must be saved on the terms of the Savior. So when we get into the kingdom of God, we have to live the way he says, not the way we want. Verse 21. Furthermore, listen to Moses, the Lord was angry with me for your sake. Moses is blaming the people. And swear that I should not go over Jordan and that I should not go in unto that good land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. Inheritance was used twice in those two scriptures. The scripture said we are his inheritance, but he has given us the land as an inheritance. What are he talking about for them at that time? He's talking about uh, um, um, the, 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 the promised land that he had promised them. But for us, guess what? Heaven is an inheritance to us. Uh-huh. And so I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. If it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. No passing a buck. No asking for somebody else to step up. If it is to be, it's up to me. Jesus, we love you. You moved in our service this morning. And oh, how we need you to move in our service yet again. Lord, we don't want to leave this place the same way we came in. But Lord, our soul is longing for you, oh God, to make us whole. Our soul is longing for healing. Our soul is longing for restoration. Our soul is longing for deliverance. I pray this morning, Lord, that you will come in and that you will move supernaturally in the heart and mind of every one of us. That, Lord, the need that is in our soul, you will meet that need this morning, O oh God, that we can be whole. For we're struggling and we're hurting and there's so much going on within us, Lord, that only you can fix. Only you can make it right. We ask that your spirit have preeminence, that you'll anoint me as your oracle, and that you'll touch the hearts of each and every person, that we will open them unto you, that you will have your way and do just what you want. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. As I speak God's word this morning, I pray you will open your heart. And as you are hearing the word of God, you will worship God and thank God for what he is doing. The church is called to be a separated people who are not conformed to this world. Yet the trend today is for the churches or for churches to pattern ministry after what the world is doing. 
the philosophy is that the church will attract more people if the lost feel more comfortable with the service. And so there are many that feels like our service need to be catered or tailored in a way that people that don't know Christ, when they come in, they'll feel good and say, ooh, this is good. But let me stop and say this to you. What should make us feel good when we come from outside or we're not saved and we come into the church? What should make us feel good is the love we receive. When we come to church, we're normally coming to church for change. We're, we're coming to church because we need something from God. And if, if I'm coming for change or for something from God and everything is just like the world I'm leaving, then to me there's no answers in the church. Mm-hmm. So the church needs to be who the church is. The tragedy is that the sanctuary has become the theater. And ministry becomes entertainment. But the word of God and the church, the word of God and church history make it clear that what Campbell Morgan said is true. What did Campbell Morgan say? The church did the most for the world when the church was least like the world. I'll say that again. The church did the most for the world when the church was least like the world. For you to be effectively blessed, I don't know if that's politically correct, but I know what I'm saying. For you to experience the power of God working in your life. You don't need the church to be the way you want it to be. You want the church to be the way God designed it to be. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't compromise with the world and yet he attracted sinners and ministered effectively to them. Unless we are a separated people, devoted wholly to the Lord, we can never follow his example, reaching our world with his love and the message of the gospel. So we need to be who God said we are, not tailor the church for when people come in looking for the Lord, they feel comfortable. The church is not perfect. But it must strive to be what Jesus called it to be. We are not perfect. Remember I told you the church is not a building, but the church are called out people. People who were once sinners. People who were once lost. God called them to come out of that iron furnace. And to come into his kingdom. That's what the church is. Called out people that are called out from the world to live according to God's word, his ways, and experience his kingdom. 
oftentimes we allow the mistakes and failures of those in the church to lead us away from the church. To allow bitterness to spring up or to make excuses for their own bad behavior. Some people blame the church for the fact that their children are no longer living for the Lord. Some blame the moral failure of a church leader as the reason they no longer trust leadership and so on and so on and so on. While we, while every one of us has a story, we must recognize it is impossible, somebody say impossible, for us to move forward to be all God wants us to be and to seize our destiny when we hang on to what bad things has happened to us in the church. And so I'm here to tell you this morning, the church may have done some things that may have hurt you. The church may have done some things that may have disappointed you. The church may have done some things that you did not understand or you did not like. But I'm here to tell you, we have to move past what has happened to us if we need to fulfill our destiny in Christ. If it is to be, it's up to me. And God called me for time like this to fulfill his purpose and his will for my life. And I can't let anything stop it. But if I keep blaming the church, you know what it does? It shuts me down and stops me from moving forward. You know what we do sometimes? Sometimes we cross certain lines that if we decide that we're going to correct what we did wrong when we crossed that line, when we decide that, you know what, that was a line I crossed, and instead of we say, I messed up, we would rather live over on the other side, being wrong, then coming back and saying, I messed up. And there's so many people that are missing out on what God has for them because they won't back up and say, yeah, I allowed this to take effect on me. Yeah, I allowed that to happen to me. Yeah, I allowed this to happen to me. And I should have been a little bit more responsible with my life and not let that take me out the game. But we just keep going. And we keep going on the wrong side and keep blaming because if we ever have to stop and say, you know what, I made a mistake by just keep on going. We don't want to do that. We cannot blame the church and at the same time be the church. See, this is why a lot of people end up when they get hurt and they say the church hurt them. They never come back to church. Or they stay away from church because it's hard to blame the church and be the church because you're blaming yourself. When you decide the church hurts you and you walk away from the church, 
What you're saying is I'm no longer a part of the church. And oftentimes people meet other people that says, oh, I'm still saved. I just don't go to church anymore. My, 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 my question is, Jesus says he's coming back for a church. So if you're not a part of the church, how is he going to come back for But the devil has pulled a little trick on us to make us walk away from the church because we experienced some hurt, because somebody disrespected us, because someone said something that I didn't like. The devil make you walk away from it and say the church hurt me because the devil's smarter than you. And he knows once you blame the church, you ain't going back to the church because you can't blame the church and be the church. So watch this. All of us. This is very important. I'm getting ready to say. All of us, when we get offended. When we feel like we've been done wrong. Make no mistake about this. There was something in you that connected with what that person did to you that made you feel the way you did. What are you saying, preacher? It means when you get offended, when you get hurt, when you feel like you've been done wrong, something was wrong in you as well. And that's why you experienced that. We don't like that. We don't like that. I didn't do anything. I'm just trying to live for God. How could they say that to me? When you get saved, everything just don't get right in your life. So it means there are some things that, remember, you came to church to get saved. So there are some things in your life that you want to get out of your life. The truth is they didn't all get out when you got saved. So as you're walking with God and living for God, he's working on you, helping you to get those things out of your life. But they're not all gone. So there's a lot of them that's still down there that when certain things happen to you in the church, boom, here it comes identifying with something, and now all of a sudden you become offended. And the first thing we do is look to someone or the person that offended us and never identified that, you know what, something was in me why I made that get to me. Something was in me why I made that get to me. I'll try to be honest with myself. And I told you a story a long time ago about me being short with people. And, and so when I'm busy, as I like to say, I don't really have a lot of time for nonsense, so to speak. I don't, I'm not saying that's good. Trust me, I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying I get short. If, it, if what you're doing and saying don't connect with what I'm trying to do because I'm busy, eh, I'm not listening. I don't know what that is, but I know that that's not always good. And so that's probably the best, the easiest time to offend me. But as soon as I get offended, because I've learned it in the past. See, I'm telling you, I'm giving you my secret. I've learned as soon as I get offended when someone says something, the first thing I say is, okay. 
So you've been locked in in yourself and you've been ignoring everybody else. You've been selfish and that's why you got hurt. Because all you care about right now is just what you're trying to get done. And because all that's all you care about, you're not thinking about anyone else. You can't do anything else for anybody. You're just locked into your stuff. And so now that's why you really got upset. That's because I talked to myself about this. But I could have just ignored and said, well, I'm serving God. I'm doing the right thing. So I don't have time for it. I could justify it. But I'm not an idiot anymore. I used to be an idiot. I'm learning not to be an idiot. And so the bottom line is I learn now how to realize that's something in you, brother, why you got offended. Don't don't blame everything on that person that said something stupid. Some of that is you. We don't want to hear that part because we want to believe anytime we do something wrong, it's the person. It ain't got nothing to do with me. I was minding my business. All right, I'm getting ready to show you something. Getting ready to show you something. Moses was arguably one of the greatest leaders humanity has ever known. His life story is an amazing testament to the fact that God's hand was upon his life from the very beginning. Moses was an Israelite who grew up in Pharaoh's house, Egyptian obviously. One would have thought he was perfectly positioned to lead God's people out of bondage. However, at the age of 40, Moses fled to the desert. His life had become threatened due to killing an Egyptian, a man who had acted in cruelty toward an Israelite. Now, hear this, in case you didn't know. When Moses killed the Egyptian who was acting cruelly against a Jew, when Moses killed him, it was another Israelite that went to Pharaoh to say, Pharaoh, Moses, your boy, who you hold in high esteem, killed one of your peoples. It wasn't another, it wasn't an Egyptian that went to Pharaoh. It was a Jew, Israelite, that went to Pharaoh to squeal on Moses, to drop the dime on Moses, to tell on Moses, to snitch on Moses. It was one of his own. And Moses probably never let that go, even though he was top-notch leader. He was leading God's people. He was the man. He was probably the best leader other than Jesus we've ever seen. But he was carrying that whole thing from that time. You snitched on me. How can you snitch on me like How can you snitch on me like that? Perhaps... This encounter was the root of Moses' participation in the blame game. Because here's how Moses saw it. You, Samuel, here's how Moses sees it. I'm trying to save you from getting beat up or treated bad from this Egyptian and in the interim of me saving you, I end up killing some dude. Wouldn't you be looking out for me? We're supposed to be brethren. We're, we're buddies. We're the same kind of blood. We're the same culture. Why would you go tell on me when I'm trying to look out for you? Man, you have no idea how many people are hurting today, how many people that are just living in hurt and pain today because the very people they hurt, helped the most was the one that turned on them. This is common. 
It's not, you, 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 I know you're thinking like, this person, you have no idea, Pastor. I was, I was, me and them were like this. We were tight. We had a great relationship. And they went and stabbed me in the back. You know how many people walk in the earth that feels that way? Well, that's what got Moses going. As great a leader as he was, as much as he was God's man, and he was God's man, he started with this stab in the back. He started with this snitches get stitches. (laughs) Experiencing a sense of rejection from his own people must have pained Moses. He wouldn't have cared if an Egyptian would have squilled on him because you ain't my people, but his own one. Moses was the one who stuck his neck out to help the people. He was the one who took the gamble and stepping up and stopping the Egyptian. But instead of being thanked for his actions, Moses was accused, rejected, and misunderstood. His motives were now questioned when he was just looking out for his own. Moses may have blamed the Israelites for him living as a fugitive for 40 years in the desert. Because remember, when they squealed on him, Pharaoh wanted his head and Moses had to run. And so Moses, all the time running, didn't have a place to lay his head, struggling now in the wilderness. He mad. Man, if I ever see him. I can't believe now I'm on the run. I'm a fugitive. All because I'm helping out my peoples. And now you want to turn against me? So Moses, he's running from Pharaoh. Upset! Carrying this load of being hurt. There are people like that in our world today and in this very congregation this morning. Upset. How could they have done this to me? When, when, when I, I was looking out for you, I had your best interest at hand, and how could you have done this to me? Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the ending portion of Moses' leadership. After Moses had returned to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, after the plagues, after the crossing of the Red Sea, and after nearly 40 years of leadership in the journey between Egypt and Canaan's land. We pick up the story right before Israel entered into the promised land. Here we go. Moses had disobeyed God. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. He struck the rock two times with a staff and water flowed out of it. Although the Israelites were happy with what Moses had done, God was not pleased with Moses. It's a good thing to come to church. Or it's a good thing for the church to gather together. Whichever way. If you want to be politically correct, I know what I was saying, but sometimes people listen to your message and say, he said come to church when the church is the church. But anyway, it's a good thing for the church to come together. Because here is what happens. God is the one that called the meetings. And because God is such a good God, he's not going to call a meeting and not bless you. 
And so God is leading the children of Israel out of slavery. He's going to bless them regardless of what their leader did. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning because God's going to bless you regardless of me. (laughs) God will not allow me to be that important where because I mess up, you don't get what you need. So many people are saying, yeah, I'm being held back by that pastor. Are you kidding me? You're not serving God then. Because if man can stop what God wants to do in your life, you don't know God or you're not serving God. Because man cannot stop what God wants to do in your life. God will allow man to interfere a little bit just so man could learn something out of the deal. But man can't stop God's plan for your life. We just read that. So when God told Moses, speak to the rock, and Moses struck the rock, God could have did like some of us do. Oh, you didn't do what I told you. Ain't no water coming out. Because that's how we do. When people make us mad, other people suffer. That's what we do. You make me mad, I don't care. The wrath coming down and everybody's suffering. God didn't do that to the children of Israel. He told Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses didn't speak to the rock. Moses, bow, bow. And God still let the water come. But that's the kind of God we serve. When we say, what a mighty God we serve, guess what? It truly is. He truly is a mighty God because he doesn't let nothing get in the way of what he wants to do in our life. What a mighty God we serve. Woo! If I had time, I'll sing what a mighty God we serve. God was not pleased with the way how Moses went about things, but Moses made it look as if he and Aaron were responsible for bringing forth the water when it was a miracle from God. Moses glorified himself instead of glorifying the Lord when he struck the rock. God alone is to be glorified, and he alone must receive the glory. The Bible says, the, the, the Almighty God says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. In response, God told Moses, Moses, I told you to speak to the rock, you struck the rock. But I'm not going to let my people suffer because you are rebelling, because you like to play the blame game. I'm not going to do that to my people. They're going to drink water. But let me show you what I'm going to do to you. Come here. Come over here. Come. And Moses came to the side and God says, look over. You see the land that I promised that I'm taking them to right now? Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, Lord, beautiful. Woo! Can't wait to get there. Well, Moses, your punishment for disobeying me, you still my son. I love you. But guess what? You're not going over there. They're going. You're not. So God will deal with us individually for what we do or not do. Don't look for God to deal with somebody on what they're doing. That's between them and God. I say that all the time. Whatever is going on with people, that's between them and God. Because whatever is going on with you is between you and God. Because God will deal with every one of us as he will. 
None of us escape. If the great Moses could not escape getting his punishment for disobeying God, none of us in here will escape when we disobey God. He's no respect of persons. That's what he means by that. I had to straighten Moses out. And so I can't be respect of persons. I got to straighten you out if you're wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> Moses placed the blame on the people as the reason he was not allowed to enter into the promised land. But follow me this morning. That's close afternoon. Follow me. From the day. Moses killed that Egyptian and his fellow brothers squilled on him. Something got in his heart. So all while Moses was leading the children of Israel, being his great leader, all while he was leading them, he still had a little issue with them. So in his mind, I might be stretching it, but I'm still going to stretch it and say while he was leading them, he still had a little disdain for them y'all don't respect me i'm just serving god because he's god but y'all don't really respect me y'all not right because i showed my 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 my, my brotherly duty defending and protecting and you squeal on me most of y'all like that anyway and so all since that happened he wasn't called by god yet none of that was going on but something got in his heart he had a little issue with his fellow Israelites because he felt like they did him wrong. Many of us here today, we're walking around, still carrying hurt, still carrying pain, still carrying unforgiveness, still carrying around resentment because somebody did us wrong that we were good to. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 25. The word of God says, I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain and Lebanon. Watch this. Verse 26. But the Lord was wroth with me. Watch Moses again. For your sake. As great a leader as Moses is and was, he had a little blame game issue. He never took responsibility on himself to say, I played a role. He always blamed others for what didn't turn out the way he think it should turn out. Church, if we don't hear anything this morning, we need to hear this. There's a lot of things that have transpired in our life that we continue to blame circumstance on, continue to blame people on. Some of us even have gone as far to blame God on. But hear me today. I am not sure if Moses was not snitched on if he would have become the leader, he would be leading the children of Israel into the promised land. You see, it's just like I believe that when Joseph told his dream, it triggered something. Huh? And I feel like when Moses got squealed on, it triggered something. Those two things are not good things. Jacob's, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. That can't be nice. Again, people who love you did you wrong. They sold him into slavery, but that triggered something. It started to move the progress 
of his destiny. And it's the same thing with Moses when he got squealed on, snitched on. When, when, when they came against him, it started his journey for his destiny. And church, God is trying to start our journey in our destiny. But every time somebody does us wrong, instead of we look at it and let God do what he got to do, we shut down and we never move any further into our destiny. And so God is trying to wake us up today. He's trying to help us today to realize that he has called us to a destiny, a purpose in him. And the hurt and the rejection and what people did to you was what triggered it to move you right along into that destiny. The very hurt, the people you love, you weren't the first one that happened to. That's been happening ever since the beginning of time for man. It's been happening. So what you experience, start thinking about it as the trigger that's going to propel you into your destiny in a deeper place where you've never gone in your destiny. That's what happened to Joseph. That's what happened to, to, to Moses right here when he was squilled on and he had to run for his life. Because I don't know if Moses would have stayed Living in Pharaoh's house, the beautiful palace. I don't know if he would have decided to become the deliverer for the Israelites or he would have just stayed in sin, living the life in the palace. Because it's hard to leave the palace when you got people waiting on you and doing whatever you want. But when you start going on a run and your life become hunted and you realize now, oh, my goodness, that you, one, need God. And number two, that God is the only one that can stain you. And number and number three, you realize that, you know what? Guess what? Life is not that easy. Then you realize, OK, OK, you start to put your focus and attention on God. But living in that palace. That might make you ignore God. So what Moses detested and despised and was upset about, even though he was still doing God's will, is the thing that triggered God's will to now move forward in his life. Moses associated his own rejection with God's anger toward the Israelites. Moses allowed his feelings to be the furthest he would go in examining his life. Many of us never go beyond, never go below the surface of the hurt. Most of us get hurt and stay right at the surface of the hurt and let the hurt rule us and do whatever it wants in controlling the way we live our life because we never go a level below the hurt. We just stay right there. But God wants us to go below it. Because God is always wanting to make us better. Somebody, God is always wanting to make us better. Somebody said, the Bible says, come as you are. And I agree with that, come as you are. But understand this, God loves you too much to let you stay as you are. God wants you to come as you are. But he loves you too much to let you stay as you are because the way how you came was not going to be the way you will get to where God wants you to go if you stay that way. 
So come as you are, church. Tell everybody you know, come as you are. But understand this, God won't leave you. He loves you too much to let you stay the way you are when you come. He loves you too much. He wants what's better for you. He wants what's best for you. So he says, come as you are, but I will not let you stay the way you are. We should identify our feelings. Feelings of helplessness, feelings of anger, feelings of resentment or hurt, or the feeling that lead us to withdraw ourselves. Then we should ask ourselves, what am I thinking? Our thoughts, a major impact on our feelings. Did you know that? Your thoughts is a major impact on your feelings. Changing our feelings is very difficult. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Nobody's not disputing that. If you're hurt, you're hurt. It's just the way it is. We can, however, change our thinking. That is very doable. Changing your thinking. Changing our thinking is often the first step in changing our feelings. Changing our thinking is often the first step in changing our feelings. We wrapped up, we get wrapped up in our feelings and our thinking stays the same, which means you're going to stay right where you are. A lot of us have not moved ourselves from the place we've been in God since who knows when. We're in the same place because we're wrapped up in our feelings. There's some people that won't come to church and be a part of the church because you know what they like to say? Ain't no church going to control me. I'm going to live my life the way I need to live my life. And the only thing I can say to that person is, first thing is, one of the reasons why you're saying that is you experience controlled or hurt. And you don't want that to ever happen to you again. So that's why you're not going to get close to anyone or get into a church and be submitted to a church because you're not going to allow yourself to experience that anymore. Nobody's not going to tell me what to do. Why? Because somebody tried that and that hurt you. But hear me. We have to start to learn to know God. Not just hear about God of the Bible. But you got to start to learn and know who he is. And when you come to learn and know who God is, hear me. Church can't control you. It's God that controls you. So maybe what you're saying without saying it is, I don't want God to control me. Maybe that's what we're saying, that we don't want God to control us because the church don't control you. It's God that controls you. You got to trust God. And listen to me. There's nothing wrong with you going to God in your private time of prayer. God, the pastor said, blah, 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 blah. That sounds kind of like legalism to me, God. What's your thoughts on that, Lord? The pastor said, blah, 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 Lord. That, that sounds like uh, th- that he disrespected me, Lord. Well, what do you think about? Go to God about that. 
We think God going to be mad because you're uncomfortable with the way something is being done or said. You, God loves you, but you got to go to him about it so he can tell you what's going on. Because you might misread the whole situation because of your hurt. And so you misread the whole situation. And you never went to God and asked him anything about it. You just allow your feelings to dictate your actions. And you never went to God about it. You never went and questioned God, why is that being said or why is that being done? Let me, let me give you another, um, let me give you another example. I'm going to be done in a second here. A little different service than this one. I remember when I first got married, right? You're trying to learn all the stuff. Boy, it's tough when you, you know, get married young and, you know, you just used to take care of yourself and you was just a runner doing your thing. And I remember, you know, me and my wife money coming together now and we're trying to do things right. And, you know, you got bills to pay and, you know, you owe this and you owe that. And you're young. So it means that, you know, you don't have a lot. You're just trying to make it work. And I remember all it took, Cheryl, all it took was um, just me not monitoring the balance on the checkbook. And one check bouncing before you know it, another check bounce before you know it, another check bounce. Y'all, y'all, we don't know about check bounce no more. Y'all don't just know about debit cards. But, but, but checks are bouncing. But that ain't the issue. The issue was every time I went to church, it sounded like the preacher was preaching about check bouncing. Now you tell me how in the world check bounce have nothing to do with Jesus. I'm like, hold on. Why do this man keep preaching about and you bounce the checkbook and you can't, you, 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 you know, he's just saying stuff about bouncing checks. And I'm like, how does Jesus going to the cross have anything to do with bouncing checks? How does being born again of the water of the spirit have anything to do with bouncing checks? Then we had a service that was at another church. And I'm like, all right, woo, woo, finally we don't get to hear about, because you got to go to another place and preach to them about something else. And so we, you know, of course, we always load up and go wherever he's preaching. He started out real good. I'm all smiles. And I'm always on the front row. I said, all smiles. Then we got back to the check bouncing thing. I said, you got to be kidding me. But it brought me to a place where I had to really recognize that we need to get it together and stop bouncing checks. I had two choices. I could have got mad at the preacher and thinking that he coming at me or somebody told him something. Or I could have just looked at me and said, you've been bouncing the checks. You got to get it together. It's up to me. If it is to be. But it's because I was talking to God in the interim. And so while he preached, I'm like, God, why keep saying this? And God had to let me see that he was trying to change something in me. God let me see. He was trying to change something in me. He was trying to let me think as a family man now. He was trying to make me think as, 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 as a leader, one that will take care of the family and not think about myself. He was trying to teach me things. But as long as I was hurt because I'm mad that this man keep preaching about bounce checks, I was missing the message that God was trying to show me. You can go to God and ask him about what am I saying? What I stand up here and say, if you don't like it, don't throw stones at me. Go to him and say, what's up with that, Lord? Man, he'll help you because he helped, sure enough, helped me when I was mad at the man talking about check bouncing all the time. <laughs> I love the Lord. 
Woo! All right, let me finish up here. Changing our thinking is often the first step in changing our feelings. So my feelings was that this man was taking shots at me. Somehow he knew something taking shots at me. And when I changed my thinking, because God had to come and show me, son, that's not what's going on. He's not taking any shots at you. I'm trying to get you to get yourself together. I'm trying to get you to become responsible and lead your family the right way. That's me working in your life, dude. Stop worrying about your feelings of being hurt because your ego got. Because that's all it was. I'm man, ego. I'm not supposed to bounce no checks. Uh-huh. If someone has done something he or she should not have done, just acknowledge it and say, you know what? They did this to me. They did that. Acknowledge it. It's okay. It's okay. Simply say, that person should have not done that to me. Just say, they should not have done that to me. Just acknowledge it. You don't have to run and tell them. I mean, if you're a big boy, big girl, and you, can, you want to do it the scripturally way, yeah, you can go to them and talk it out. But if you don't want to go to that, you know, extent, just, just, just say, you know what? They did that to me and they shouldn't have done that to me. And you just move on. Mm -hmm. Listen. Since it's impossible to change someone else, what we need to do or what should some of the things do be for us to really get ourselves together? When we feel the hurt or the rejection, we need to learn from other people's mistake so we don't do the same to others. Sometimes God will let you experience hurt so you know not to hurt others. You could have been one that's hurting people all the time and never thought about it because you think that I ain't doing nothing. And then God allow you to get hurt and then whisper in your ears. How does it feel now? Because he's just trying to get you to stop hurting others. But as long as you were just wrapped up in you, you didn't know you were hurting others. So God allowed you to get the knife or the dagger or whatever you got to get so you can say, all right, that didn't feel good. And you can say, and then God can say, then don't do that to anybody else. Be sensitive, be gentle, be kind to other people. Don't take it to go crush other people, but take it to help others. Establish healthy boundaries. Trust God's sovereignty that God is all powerful. We can trust God knowing all things work together for good. Did you forget that? Instead of blaming others, which renders us helpless, we must do something constructive. Listen to me. I'm finishing up here, church. There are no perfect churches because there are no perfect people. There are no perfect churches because there are no perfect people. <laughs> you know what I love about life? When you live a little bit, you know some things. And <laughs> what I like is when we get upset about one thing and we make it change the way we do things, like, for instance, churches. Yeah, I don't like that church. I'm going to the next church. It's interesting when you're looking, shopping around for church. Samuel, Julie, you want to go to church? You think you know about a church. Yeah, I went to that church. I, I didn't like blah, 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 blah. But then you size up another and say, yeah, I like that church. You're going to go and realize, but I don't like that about that church. 
I don't care which church you go to. There's going to be something you're going to say, I don't like that about that church. So you better decide what you're going to do, because the bottom line is there's no perfect church because there are no perfect people. So you just got to decide what is important to you. And that's how you make a decision, because there's no perfect church. And the one you go to, you might think, oh, this is the best thing. And then something big come to your attention that you're like, no way, no way. This is why sometimes when you leave a decent church or a good church, you end up what they call church hopping. When you leave a good church, you end up church hopping. Because you didn't realize that, listen, I like a lot about my church. Yes, this part I don't like. And instead of you praying and say, God, how do I help with that part of the church that I don't like? How, how can I help with that? You didn't pray about that. You just got disdained about it. And I don't like that. And then you make that move you to something else. And you go to someplace else. And you never found any place else that was good for you. Because you were always looking. You didn't say it to yourself. But you were looking for a perfect church for you. And there's no perfect church for you. Churches are made up of, uh, made up of imperfect people. So, instead of blaming others... And instead of blaming the church, we should accept responsibility for our own actions and extend grace to everyone else. So I'm finishing up here. I'm just trying to get you to understand this. When you get hurt, when you feel like somebody has done you wrong, when you feel like somebody snitched on you, extend grace. Extend grace. Why? Because grace is been extended to you grace has been extended to you we could not be saved if grace was not extended to us so when someone do wrong do you wrong you believe or when they made a mistake and hurt you you got to stop and say do i resent them do i go off on them do i just leave the church because of them or do i extend grace because there's no perfect people At the end of the day, we're not going to need, we're, we're all going to need grace extended to us. Not one of us is perfect. We all have made mistakes. We all have failed. We're not alone in our failures. Watch this. Abraham lied about his wife. Isaac lied about his wife too. Jacob deceived his father. Rahab was a prostitute. Gideon was full of fear. Samson got involved with Delilah. Yet, despite their failures, they are all highlighted in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 as having faith. God didn't say they were no good or they were rejected. They all was mentioned in the hall of fame of faith because they pleased God in spite of their failures. Somebody can fail and still still please God. Somebody can mess up and still please God. Somebody can do you wrong and still please God. Because in our mind, when somebody do us wrong, <laughs> they're not right with God. How do you know that? They they probably don't even know they did you wrong. God is not limited by our mistakes. He does not overlook them, but neither does he focus on them. God looks at who 
can become. God looks at what you can become as opposed to what you're doing right now. God looks at what you can become as opposed to what you're doing right now. Jordan, God looks at what you can become as opposed to what you're doing right now. That's how I see you too, Jordan. I got to be honest with you. I see what you can become and I get excited. I look at you. I said, man, Jordan, you're going to be something else for God. You're going to do great things for God because you've got passion and you've got drive. And I believe you're going to do something great for God. And when I see you, I just keep on laughing in my mind. Says, I can't wait to see what God's going to do because the joke is going to be on you too. <laughs> you know, because none of us know what God will do in our life. We just know I'm just giving my life to God. Let him do what he wants to do. And then the joke become on you because the joke is still on me today. I don't know what he did with my life. Like, Lord, how did you pull this off? And if we all give our life surrender, to, you're going to say the same thing. Lord, how did you pull this off? The joke is on us. But we got, we, got, we got to just realize that we make mistakes and realize that God is not looking at our mistakes. He's looking at what he called us to be, what we can become. While God extends grace to us who so desperately need it, why will we not extend grace to others? Do we think we can earn grace? Do we think we should be earning grace? No, we don't earn grace. We must deal with mistakes and wrongdoing honestly. And dealing with mistakes honestly does not consist of blaming others. Why can't God just be using them to irritate and agitate you? Huh? Why we never stop to think that God can use people to irritate and agitate us? Because there's something in us he's trying to work out of us. We just always think when someone does something to us, they're wrong. The devil is working in their life. And we never stop to think God could be doing something. I'll finish up with this. We can be accusers of each other. But when we become accusers of each other, we become like Satan. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. And so if we start accusing one another, then we become like Satan. Because we got to realize people can do things and ask for God's repentance. And we're still accusing them of what God has forgiven them of. We're walking around giving them a hard time when they have repented and God has forgiven them. Listen to me. We're not called to the ministry of blaming others. Or accusing others or condemning others. No, we're called to help people get over their wrong and mistakes and become overcomers. If it is to be, it's up to me. People need to know that despite their failures, they can get up. A biblical perspective is that failures are never fatal. It is not that God overlooks our failure. In fact, our failures have huge consequences. You ready for this one? Samson lost his eyes and ended up in chains because of his failure. But he still experienced God's mercy. And he still was mentioned in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Uh-huh. We can make mistakes and we'll pay the consequences for making mistakes. 
But the bottom line is that doesn't mean it's fatal and we're not going to make it to heaven. We must be careful not to play the blame game. Interestingly, the fall of humanity gave way to the culture of blame. This is how far this is going back. I'm finished. This is going back to when the man that God made was by himself. And then God said it's not good for man to be alone. And he gave him a woman, a wife. And he was excited, grateful for the wife. But as soon as he messed up and disobeyed God, his response to God was the blame. The woman, he blamed two people at the same time. The woman that you gave me. You see how long the blame game been around? Why why are we letting the blame game get us? It's, It's been around too long for it to still get us. He said, the woman that you gave me. The fact is, every one of us has fallen and we need God's grace so when we walk around with our hurts when we walk around with our disappointment when we walk around in our pain and we have resentment we're only stopping God's will from being done in our life the people that did you wrong don't stop what God wants to do in your life if you continue to go it's you that will stop God's will for being done in your life. Let's stand. If it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's up to me. Adam sought to cover up and blame his wife Eve. Elijah got depressed. Peter denied Jesus. Judas hanged himself. Yet God clothed Adam, he fed Elijah, he restored Peter, and he called Judas friend. We need to take a cue from my Lord and Savior that no matter how much people hurt him, no matter how much people did him wrong, he loved us anyway. And don't say, but he God. He don't ask us to do anything that we couldn't do. God don't ask you to do anything that you cannot do. So don't take what I'm saying today and say, I just can't. What you're saying is, God is asking me to do something I cannot do. But I know that God will never ask us anything that we cannot do. If it's to be, it's up to me. Nobody else. No buts. You don't understand. You know, we have all these code talks. You don't understand. But, 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 I didn't do anything. But, but, you. All of the stuff that we have that make us stop in our tracks and not move forward in fulfilling our destiny in God. We ought to fulfill our destiny in God. And we can't fulfill our destiny when we're walking around in pain. We cannot fulfill our destiny when we're walking around hurt up. We can't fulfill our destiny when we're walking around resentful. You are stuck in a rut when you are hurting, resentful, 
whatever it is, you are hurting yourself and your purpose in Christ. And God has dropped me by here today to tell you he wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to make you whole that you no longer stay stuck and not move forward in fulfilling your purpose in Christ. How about we go before him today before we walk out of here and ask him to help us? Because sometimes things don't work out for us because we don't go to God with them. We, we, we just let the emotional part of us roll. We just let our feelings take over and we don't go to God and surrender to him our heart and say, God, I am hurt and I've been stuck in a rut for the longest. Ever since I allowed this to happen, this has been going on in my life. God, I've walked away from the church because of this. God, I don't trust preachers and leaders because of this. And God is saying they cannot stop you from fulfilling your purpose in me i am the one that is all powerful i am the one that will take you from point a to point b to point z i am the one that worked my work in your life for you to be who you need to be not the church not the servants in the church but i am the one and God wants all of us to know today, he is the one that does it. It's not anybody else. He is the one that does it. I want you to go to God just before we walk out of here and ask him to help. Cry out to him today and ask him to help you because you need to get whole again. You need to be whole so you can go forward in doing what God wants you to do. Because if you don't do it, you're going to find yourself stuck and you're going to tell yourself you're okay when really you're not okay because you're not fulfilling your purpose that might be one of the reasons why we haven't gotten involved in the church is because we're worried about getting hurt we're worried about getting hurt because we've been hurt before and so now we're staying away from from anybody or group of people because we don't want to get hurt or we don't want people to see our hurt but god has called this meeting today so he can heal you up to put you in that position to fulfill your destiny in him. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for your word. I thank you today for calling this meeting and allowing us this privilege, this opportunity to partake in the word of God. Lord, there are some that are standing here today, some that are a part of this service virtually that have experienced hurt, that are experiencing pain today. That their hurt and pain has taken them to a place to being resentful. And oh God, I pray this afternoon that you will meet them where they are right now. Somebody hear me. God said if you will have faith. If you will have faith knowing that he can make you whole. If you will have faith knowing that he can heal you. If you will have faith knowing he can deliver you. God wants you to know today that if you will have faith, he will do what he wants to do in your life. It's up to you if you will trust the Lord today. It's up to you if you will have faith today and say, God, I believe your word. I believe you will do what you say you will do. And God will do it today if you will trust him. Somebody hear me today. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Trust the Lord with all your heart. God wants to help you today. You don't have to leave here the same way you came in. 
just let God have his way. I want you to just say, God, I give to you my hurt today. I give to you, Lord God, my rejection. I give to you my resentment. I give to you today my pain, Lord God, because I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I don't want to leave this place today, Lord God, without being whole. I don't want to leave this place today without being healed. I don't want to leave this place today, Lord God, without being strengthened. I want to move forward in my destiny and my purpose in you, Lord God. And so, Lord, I can only do it if you come to my aid. Only if you come to my aid, Lord God, can I move forward in my purpose. Can I move forward in my destiny. Only if you come to my aid. And I pray that you will come to my aid even now, Lord God. For, Lord, I need your touch. For, Lord, I need your deliverance. For, Lord, I need your restoration. For, Lord, I need to be made whole. But only you can do it in my heart. Only you can do it in my soul. Only you can do it, Lord God. And I pray today that you will do such a work in me. That you will do such a work in us. That you will do such a work, Lord God, in this church. Oh God, work your work in our hearts, work your work in our soul, work your work within us, Lord God, that we can be free, that we can be healed, and that we can walk in our purpose, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Come on, somebody, worship the Lord with us today. Worship the Lord with us today. He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great and greatly to be praised. If it is to me, it's up to me. If it is to me, it's up to me. God, have your way in my heart. God, have your way in my mind. Have your way in my soul. Oh, hallelujah. Yes! How great you are! How great you are! Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Somebody needs to be thanking the Lord right now. God has been good to you. God has been good to you. God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. 
great you are. My God, how great you are. My God. Father, we thank you today for this wonderful experience and encounter with you. As we go from this place, will you keep your hand upon us, Lord God, that the healing will be revealed, deliverance will be revealed, and, oh God, we can truly get to move forward in our destiny in you. Lord, bless and keep. Let your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us as we give you the praise. We thank you today, Lord God, for all the servants of the Most High, for all that you've done in our life and in our hearts. We thank you for our guests, Lord God, for sending them here. Lord, we give you praise and honor. For all these things we pray in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. If it is to be, it's up to you. You're more real than the crown I'm standing on. You're more real than the wind in my lungs. Your thoughts You're so real to me.